Utini. Do we need like a, a intro that we do every I time? Know, we, need, we need to work in an intro. Like, look, 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 man, on my other podcast, Cajun Outlaws podcast and the uh, Retro Outlaws podcast, my little my uh, co-host over there, he's always like, he does his little, look, 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 like whatever. It's from uh, some show back in the day. No, I don't remember what it was, but he always did it. Like every episode, he'd do his little lukuku kuchu whatever it was, the gimmick he did, and it just kind of worked. We need to, we need to get ourselves a little gimmick like that. As of right now, this is what people got. Um, hello, I'm Sean, and I'm Mike. Welcome to Two Drunken Jawas, episode three. Episode three. And you know what? I was thinking about it today. So the way that that I've been labeling the episodes is, you know, kind of like in the in the Star Wars manner, manner, you know, with the Roman numerals. And I was like, I need to have a title, you know, episode two, colon. And I think um, I think this one I'm going to call it episode three, Codebreaker. Well, how about you elaborate? Well, in episode three. Oh, yeah. By the way. As in every episode of Two Drunken Jawas, there are spoilers for The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. This is We're talking about episode three. We're kind of and, behind, but oh well. And alcohol. There's also alcohol. Ah, yes, alcohol. What are you drinking tonight, John? I have two different beers here. I have the Stella Artois Belgium. Everybody probably knows what that is. And I got that Warsteiner. Everybody probably knows what that is. Yeah, that's that's, that's Sean being bougie about his beer. <laughs> well, you see, there's two average German beers. Um, well, I wouldn't say both of them German. The Warsaw is definitely German, and the other one's from Belgium. So obviously, it's uh. Well, I'm drinking a frilly little sour tangerine tonight. I don't know. It's some flavored itch that my wife had in the in the, in the cabinet and. Uh, I guess it's like a, a, a cheap wine, but uh, it's pretty good. She can't drink it because she's ego prego, so I'm oh. going to try it. Okay. But yeah, that's uh, that's why I just cracked open the Stella Artois, or however the heck you pronounce it. I got the War Center waiting for later. Me and the War Center go way back. Me and it, me and War Center had a had a rough night with each other in Chicago last year, so we're about to about to see what's up. All right, fair enough. You know, <laughs> we're going to leave that one there. And um so we're talking about episode 3 of The Mandalorian which Codebreaker. Um, <laughs> I'm calling it Codebreaker, man, because you know, we spent the last couple episodes talking about how just badass of a bounty hunter Mando is, right? He's such a good bounty hunter. He's the best bounty hunter they have in that quadrant, you know, in their little area, uh, whatever it is, warlords. Um, and, you know, in this episode, he's just like, you know, screw that bounty hunter guild code. I'm just going to steal this baby thing. Roll yeah. out, dog. He's going to steal and a child. A child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I guess he has a bond with his child, and he just can't give it up. Like he brings it to the little empire dude, and is like, "Here you go." And then he goes home with his reward and gets a brand new set of armor, Beskar, true Beskar, and also specifically says, "Save some for the foundlings." Yeah, but, uh, buddy. 
But yeah, so continue. He gets his armor. So he gets his armor, and then right after he gets his armor, you know, he's like, oh, give me another job, you know, to the guild guy. <laughs> and the guild guy's like, here you go. This was far away. You can have whatever job you want to, buddy. You just got, you know, you know, you just made me rich. Here, do whatever you want. And he's like, all right, I'm out. He gets in his ship, and your boy's about to just head off and do his job. Not only his job, but his duty to his... um. What is it? The uh, his covert, is that what he called it? His covert of uh, of other Mandalorians, secret Mandalorians who only come out, who only come out one at a time. Yeah. So it's legitimately as he's the one being out here doing this. Every other Mandalorian that may have maybe older than him, more experienced than him, more hungry than him, are sitting back in that coven, and they're like. All right, you know, they, they can't really do nothing. That's why it's like, you know, in episode one, when he was walking through there and we see all the Mandalorians and all that, you know, we kind of see some just kind of mulling about, you know, in their full in their full armor waiting like it's like like they're standing around in a waiting room and they're just yeah. waiting for their turn to go outside. Well, look, tell me when you're done, because I want to go back to that moment right there when he was talking to the armor. So you can continue on. I just want to let everybody know that I'm going to say something. Dude, there's so much. There's so much to unpack on this episode that I want to unpack because I've watched it like six times. And each time I've watched it, like I've, I've noticed, you know, certain other nuances that I'm like, hey, look at there. So really, um, let's start from the beginning. Okay. So let's start from the beginning, man. Um. Give me your first, uh, in your initial thoughts on how he, uh, how he handled the transaction with the, the empire dude. Okay. So obviously, um, what spoilers, uh, we we're talking, <laughs> I'm, ex I'm just so excited. Okay. So when the Mandalorian is speaking to the client and um you know the transaction is done and all that and he asked him he's like so uh what you gonna do with it and the guy you know he's all like uh you know how uncharacteristic of one of your reputation you have taken both commission and pavement you know and he's like well, why would you even worry about is it, is it not the code of the guild that these events are now forgotten exactly yeah he's he was like like almost like the client was slapped in the face. You know, he was like, why would you even ask that? It's none of your business. And the Mandalorian realizing the error of his way, he's like, okay, you're right, whatever. Let me take this stuff and get on out of here real quick. So right there, very beginning of the episode, we have Codebreaker. <laughs> oh, I understand. For some reason, I was thinking Codebreaker, I'm like, you're trying to hack a code. Oh, I understand now. The Mandalorian code. No, not, I'm sorry. The Bounty Hunter code. Of the, the Bounty Hunter Guild code. The code of the guild. You're talking that's the code he's breaking. Okay. Makes total and, sense now. <laughs> and not only that, but, you know, um, once we, we're going to get into it, you know, with, towards the end, whenever he's, you know, at the at the point where he's <laughs> like, you know, forget this. I'm taking this kid and we're going to roll out. The point of no return. 
not only is it the point of no return for him, but it's the point of no return for his whole his whole coven because now they had to expose themselves to go save his dummy, dumb ace. You know, like his arse, his arse. There you go, <laughs> his dumb arse. The guy's acting the donkey, and oh. these people have no idea what he's doing or why he's doing it. But they're like, yo, we got your back. Right. Now, I have a theory for that. And that was what I was saying when he was speaking to the armor earlier. Now, you know when he walks in, that comaton of uh, Beskar, right? Walks in, everybody's like, whoa, dude. You know, pretty much like, you know, kids on the playground, you bring out your new Yu-Gi-Oh cards. You're like, okay, so we, we're now to the part where he's, he's gotten the commission um, for the job. And the commission was this whole bucket for lack of better term of Beskar and he brings it back to the armorer and at this point there's enough Beskar to 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 suit this guy up you know Mm -hmm. and what I find interesting is whenever she was making his armor she asked why he's his his old armor so messed up and he said that you know a mudhorn you know he 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 fought a mudhorn and she was like okay then you'll take the mudhorn as your signet for defeating him like that's a feat you earn the signet of the mudhorn yeah and like we mentioned in in the episode before how she asked about a signet if he'd ever if if it's ever been revealed and he said no so so and then he says he was helped by an enemy Right, but but they, you know, you, and they're like, why would an enemy help you? And the guys, you know, Amanda Warner's like, well, he didn't know he was an enemy at the time, and of course, he said it was a the reason why he wouldn't take it as a signet because it wasn't an honorable kill. You know, exactly. Yeah. The the child helped him. Exactly. Yeah, the child, because he was he really thought he was about to die. I mean, like like we said last episode with him, per, um, per, uh, portraying. The amount of motion through his helmet. You could tell when that Mudhorn was charging him at the very last segment of that battle. All was lost for the Mandalorian. He was like, it's just me, my vibro knife, and this big Mudhorn. And it's probably know who's going to win. I think he was ready to meet his maker right there. Yeah, and he was taking it head on. Yep. Not cowering, not running away. He just pulled his vibro knife and he was ready, man. So that would have been an honorable death. Absolutely, I go down fighting the Mandalorian way, man. So, so I see how he feels that that's not a man, uh, an honorable kill. But is the child his enemy? Really? Was the child ever his enemy? I don't. Think the child, so. the child was a target. That doesn't make it an enemy. You know. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, the, what he thought of as maybe he only thought of him as the enemy because. Because of his duty, his his duty that he thought he owed the, the guild, and that he had to, maybe he was just telling himself that so it would he'd feel better about what he did. You know, it's like okay, well, this is a target. Uh, you know, if I portray him in my mind as an enemy, then I won't feel as bad for getting him away because he's obviously yeah. of no importance to me now, or so he wants to wants to believe. You're, you're he legitimately is bringing the child to its doom. Yep. And okay, so we were talking about right there, 
he's talking to the armor and whatnot, and that heavy infantry man comes up and they get in their little scuffle, right? You you remember that when they pull, each pull out their vibro knives and you know That's right. scratch scratch up their armor a little bit. Well, if you remember, the armor sits up and she's she's like, "Hey, you know, you guys are fighting over some BS." And what really gets me, and what really gets me, and I know I might be looking too deep into this just because what I I know what the word means. But when she says, "When one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey." Okay. So when you say walk the path of the Mandalore, to me, in my head, because of what I know about Mandalorian culture, when you say the Mandalore, you're referring to the almighty leader of the Mandalorians. So when she first said that, I was like, holy shit, is this the Mandalore? Is he the Mandalore? There's no way he's the Mandalore, you know, in my head. And I think, I think it's just a, I think she, when she was fed, said Mandalore, she was referring to the Mandalorian way and not him being Mandalore. But he could be. We don't know who he is yet. You know? He could end up being Mandalore. Exactly. I just, when she said that, I was like, like literally put my hand in my head and I was like, holy shit. I was like, if this is Mandalore, that would explain, at least to me, why he, you know, he gets first dibs, why he gets to go out, why he gets to do all this and that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's, he's like, you know, Daddy Mando. He's, the one that provides for his family, for his clan. I'm not saying nobody else would. I'm just saying he's he's, he's the one doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Now I don't like I said, the folks out there listening, like oh, maybe maybe now the society of the Mandalorians has changed so much that by being the one to be selected to go out, you are taking on the mantle of Mandalore because you're the only one out. You're saying like just for that for that time that you're out, and then the next person that goes out becomes Mandalore for that period of time. Is that what you're saying? At that point, you know, when they go out, when it's their turn, like whenever if the heavy infantryman was the next one to go out, when he goes out, he's going out with the mantle of Mandalore. Okay, because he's walking in the path of man of the Mandalore. I guess that makes sense because if he's the only one about, and you know. He's the only one making decisions for them on the outside world at that point in time, which at least for their clan. So unless there is an actual Mandalore somewhere that we just don't know about yet. I've tried looking it up, but I can't really find out if there is or if we know if there's a Mandalore at this time, at this point in the Star Wars timeline. But I, I haven't found anything. The last known. I don't think you're going to find anything because they are telling us the story of the Mandalore now. Right, right, yeah, and I was the last known leader of the Mandalorians um, before or during the Clone Wars. Like I was, we were talking about um, uh, Jango Fett and all that. Put that behind us. Well, I think oh, it was whoever observed. No, no, uh, Satine. Satine. No, no, no. I didn't say Satine. I said, "Oh, snap beans!" Because. Because go ahead and finish what you're saying. I'm gonna pull something up, um, and I'm like, oh man, I can't send you a link. Jeez, I'm gonna Please tell you me. an episode to watch. I'm gonna tell you an episode to watch and uh, listen to what they say about Django Fett. I'll tell you what they say, but I want you to watch the episode so that you could see it too. But um, finish what you were gonna say. Oh yeah, so it, you know you remember in the Clone Wars how was it uh, Obi Wan's 
illegitimate girlfriend, Satine, the Mandalorian, uh-huh. the female uh-huh. Mandalore at the time. She was usurped by that Viceroy son of a gun that was the face of Darth Maul. So you remember oh. how you said that Darth Maul became Mandalore? Okay, so officially, no, he didn't, obviously. They wouldn't let him do it. But he was pulling the strings through behind the puppet of that Viceroy dude. What was, what was his name? But uh, So the episode you're talking about is Season 2, Episode 12, The Mandalore Plot, which is the, the same episode I was going to reference. Oh, okay. okay. And in this, in this episode, whenever Obi-Wan arrives yeah. on Mandalore and he's talking to that Viceroy guy, um, I think he's a Viceroy, I'm not sure, but he's talking to the little assistant dude and he says, uh, he says, hey man, you know, we, uh, we, we ran into Jango Fett, you know, and, uh, he's a Mandalorian. No, he says, no, Boba, not Boba, Jango. Boba Fett is still a kid now. You know, this is during the Clone Wars. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, hey man, we ran into Jango Fett, blah, 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 blah. And he says, Django Fett is nothing but a worthless bounty hunter. Mm. That's probably good like he doesn't him. like like he literally says Django Fett was nothing but a worthless bounty hunter and he doesn't deserve to wear that armor. And OK, but like I said, folks, J- uh, Django was the Mandalore for a period of time. So for a Mandalorian to be saying that about a previous Mandalore, that's probably because Django left and was like adios. You know, he really Django probably did something shady. Well, he just left, man. I'm telling you, when the comedians came to him, were like, "Hey, yo, we'll pay you a lot of money if you and some of your buddies come train our boys." And Django was like, "Hmm, that's a lot of money." Uh, okay, you got it. See you later. And pretty much left the title <laughs> of Mandalore unanswered. Like- all right, guys, I'm going to go out for a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen of again. <laughs> like some people's dads. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, look, I'm actually going to see because I want to know. Okay, so it's, it's Satine, the, the, her title is Duchess. Okay, okay. So I don't – so anybody who knows anything now by now knows that Mandal- the Mandalorians are run by a Mandalore figure. But I, I think, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they call her Duchess. I don't know if there was a different Mandalore, but from what I know, she was a leader of the Mandalorians politically anyway. So she should have been called Mandalore. I don't know. Okay. So here's, I think this is what's, because I recently watched this episode and I ended up watching this episode more than once just because <laughs> I was watching it on my phone and I was like halfway through and then, and then whenever I hit resume, it just started it over and I was like, okay, let's start over. And um, so what I think what happens is at some point um, they Mandalore banishes the warriors, the war criminals, they called them to the moon of uh, Concordia. Okay. And, they adopted a peaceful culture. Like they oh, changed their entire right. culture to peace, to, you know, peaceful, nonviolent, you know, the violent tendencies is behind us. You know, they're on Concordia. They died off years ago and she's no longer a Mandalore. Now she's a duchess. Right. Okay. That makes and sense. And that's, and yeah. And that's how death watch begins because death watch came from Concordia 
in the effort to bring back the the traditional Mandalorian culture. But what the what the 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 guy says about Jango Fett is Jango Fett was a common bounty hunter. How he acquired that armor is beyond me. Well, that's just yes, we all know. At least <laughs> the people who have read it. Right. If, you, if you've I actually posted a book on the Facebook page, folks. So if you guys want to go read that book, so Hard Contact is part of the Commando series, the Republic Commando series, and it's by Karen Travis. And like I said, like I said in the post, and I'll tell you right now, it was an excellent book along with the three books that followed. You guys <laughs> need to need to read it. It was I need to read it because it's it's so interesting to watch because basically the Republic and Republic, and when I say the Republic, I mean Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean Chancellor, not Emperor Palpatine, Chancellor Palpatine. Chancellor Palpatine, because they convinced Mandalore to drop their weapons, oh, you know, adopt yeah. peace, and then just happen? invaded them. Boom. Oh. You know, be peaceful, and now you're, you know... <laughs> Thanks for the best guard, guys. You it's know. exactly what happened. You're right. Thanks for the best guard, guys. For lack of better, uh, what? Anyway, so the concept of the Mandalore is going to be prevalent in this show. I think. I think because I mean, you saw skipping ahead, way ahead to you know the last fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes of the episode. If you've seen it, then y'all know about the massive shootout. They came to his aid. Now, if that was just, you know, hey, we're protecting our brother kind of thing, or if that's like, hey, you know, our leader's out and about and he's getting banged up, we need to protect him. You know what I mean? You know, the way... See, man, that's been racking my brain. Why they came? Why? Not not necessarily why they came, but the um, consequences of him doing what he did. Of him taking that child back, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you're talking about he not just for him, that. but for his for his coven, for his clan. Exactly. Yeah, he did this, and now his clan is outed. Yep. It says and, they said that they're going to have to uh, continue. I'm sorry, you go ahead. I'll, no, exactly. Say that because that's what I was going to say. Okay. Well, yeah. So they said that you know. They're gonna have to come out of hiding or whatnot. Well, the they're gonna have to. He says they're gonna have to move the covert. Exactly. There's actually a phrase in the Mandalorian culture called "Beslan Shavla." It's called strategic disappearance, and that's exactly what they have to do. That is exactly what is about to about to happen. They have to disappear. Same way, like people have to think you're pretty much dead. You know what I mean? That's their strategic disappearance. That's that. That's what I wanted to get at was that that's what they're gonna have to do. They're gonna have to disappear, relocate, and you know, re re fortify themselves in whatever kind of traditional planet they find themselves in. And in the time of, I mean, what what do we what would we call this time? It's not the time of the empire. The empire's gone. It's not necessarily. It's not necessarily the time of the new republic. It would be the new republic if the old if the empire was overthrown, then a new republic would have been forged. So, in the time of the new republic, it's still the wild wild west. Well, yeah, they're probably. I don't know how long it is. I, you know me either, but I've 
what I'm getting at is it's probably easy to disappear. Oh yeah, it's especially for minorities. That's that's part of their culture. Also, is disappearing. They they disappear. Um, I don't know if uh if anybody has played Kotor one or two, but uh, in Kotor, in Kotor two, you go to um the Ducks and Moon right outside of uh, I think it was Alderaan or whatever. But the largest murder, yeah, Onderon, Onderon, not Alderon, Onderon. So they that's where that's where a clan of Mandalorians and the Mandalore, which I don't know if anybody's played the first one, but I have a lot. I own them both in multiple systems. But the Candorous Ordo is the Mandalore at the time, and on that moon, he never takes off his helmet in the whole game, unless I think there's a mod for it or something like that. Or, uh, I don't know, maybe I didn't. Anyway, the, on that moon is where Mandalore is hanging out with a bunch of Mandalorian. So that's nobody, you know, that they were literally in the, the ducks and forest on the ducks and moon. And it was very, it was very, it was the conditions to live in were unhospitable let's just say that and they were thriving there so they're survivalists right yeah i mean they, like i said strategically disappear they go to a planet that is largely uninhabited uninhabited uninhabitable that too it's it's hard there was there was a um during the great hyperspace war they had a battle there and there are a lot of old um sith uh, bunkers there that had a lot of weapons and stuff that were almost impossible to get to because of the wildlife and all that had grown over. But I'm just saying that's where they chose to go. They chose to go to a place that almost nobody wanted to go to because of the conditions. It was wildly populated by dangerous animals. Some of them, you know, force like uh, some some of them. I don't know. They're just real. Have you ever played KOTOR two? If you haven't, play yep. KOTOR, KOTOR 1 and then KOTOR 2. But You know what I started playing is the uh, the Old Republic MMO. You know, the other day. I know a lot of, you know, you and, you know, um, Brandon, Christian, and all them, and, and even, um, wow, like Shannon. The, uh, Shannon. I'll talk yeah, to Shannon's them. playing that game right now. Dude, I, I wish I would have said something because I, w- I would talk to him the other day about starting that up. Anyway. I keep forgetting off topic into our personal lives, but yeah, yeah I would like to, I'd totally <laughs> like to hop on that that train. But uh, okay, okay, so, so I mean, at this point, the cat's out of the bag. We buried the lead, right? Um, he goes back and he tries to get a job. Right? No, he did. He got a puck. He does get. He does get a puck. You're right. But when he's walking through the diner or whatever it is, right, and he's just strutting in in his new oh, full set of right. the Everybody's and I, I go back to I go back to Spider Man. What is it, Spider Man Three? It was Spider Man strutting down the sidewalk, oh. Peter Parker or whatever, and he's like, uh, he's like, you know, dancing and shit. Yeah, as he's walking, Stop. he's just like, yeah, 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 you know, look at me, yeah. So I just felt like I was like, look at this dude, just. And hey, you know what? It was foreshadowing when old boy looked at him like that, and the camera panned to him. Uh, 
in the episode two because that's who ambushed him. You're talking about in episode one. one. Yeah. Episode one, yeah, they ambushed him in episode two. Yeah, the Transoceans, right at the beginning of episode two, they're walking through that crevasse, him and the child, and they get jumped by those damn Transoceans, dude. You never trust a lizard man. Never trust a lizard man. They and they talk with hard S's like snakes. If you've ever, I mean, in KOTOR, you hear them talk in books that have audio voice or anyway, but Transoceans have a very hard S like a, you imagine a snake saying it, how they're, how they say their S's. Yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. Transoceans are very, um, for the most part, I'd like to, I'm going to go ahead and put this umbrella over in there. They're bad news for the most part. Don't know why. They're but they're, they're buttholes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, he so goes back to his ship. He's about to lift off, and he looks. He grabs. He goes to grab his, you know, uh, like I guess whatever he uses to start up everything after you know he started throttle. Like, maybe I don't know. Yeah, choke. Something. It's a choke. Whatever the heck it was, and he goes and he, notice, driving, he notices. Driving a two-stroke. Right. He notices his um, shifter knob. We're gonna call it his old shifter knob is not there, and I think that's when it. That's when he breaks, man. He's just like, you know what? Shut everything down. Screw it. I'm going back for him. You know, and that's what man. He, he goes straight John Wick in this. You know, this whole sequence of him going back for the kid, for the child. I tell you the truth, I've never seen John Wick, but it's something I, I wouldn't mind watching. All right, so let's talk about the whistling birds. Okay, forged by the Beskar. Okay, so I didn't, I didn't quite agree with the armor on that. Why? Why? Why would you waste Beskar? I wouldn't say waste. Save his life. But why would you use it for that? I mean, there's plenty of other types of metals or steels or whatever the heck that you know they use at the time that could. Easily penetrate uh, a regular um, stormtrooper's armor. Easily. Instead, you know, he has to use. I don't know. Maybe it's the, like the targeting system can only respond to the Beskar. I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. so. But you know what? I, it made me think of. What's that? It made me think of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, the uh, talking about that guy with, with the damn with the with the arrow. Whatever. Yeah, the guy that whistles. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar. I don't know. I I want to know how Yondu. Yeah, that guy. At first, you think he's an a hole, but he turned out to be a really good guy. Yeah, man. Like that's the first thing I thought of when them little whistling birds went out and killed them stormtroopers. I was like, oh, that's Yondu. That's a Yondu knob. <laughs> All right. Disney, get Disney giving a, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy a shout out. You know, so it might be an Easter egg. Might not be. But you know they called it whistling birds, and you know you whistle to control them, and it, the the nature of the weapon was like that little needle, man. Yeah, I mean it. It was pretty cool. I ain't gonna lie. I thought um, I knew that you know the way they were foreshadowing it that it was gonna happen. But I didn't think it would happen in the same episode. Regardless, like I said, I I think they could have. If they could have, I feel like he could use a different kind of alloy for that and save the best car for something else. But I mean, he got a whole new suit. Plus, he has some for foundlings. I think. I think that was yeah. A, that was um, commission well spent. You know, 
I noticed that his his armor is not colored. Right. Now there is a color. Or silver means something. Silver does mean something if I let me go ahead and find it for you. But I'm all, I don't know if it was silver or gray. Because if it was gray, I guess it'd have to be painted gray. Right. But if it said silver, then that makes sense. Um but you know, remember red was what is it? Um red was honoring uh, a parent. Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. So it says gray, gray with an A. So the American gray. Mourning a lost loved one. Uh as of right now, we haven't heard anything about him liking a chick or a dude. Or well now wait a minute. When she is forging his armor. Right. He I mean, I mean we the flashback of what I can only imagine is his childhood. The, yeah, the attack, you know, the invasion of his home world. That when he became by a fan. Droid. By droids no less. You said by droids? So by droids. Dude. When when in the flashbacks, whenever he's in the cellar, the and the cellar doors fly open. It's a it's a battle droid. Oh, you're talking like one about, of the super battle droids. Yeah, you're talking for like Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, it's a super it's a super uh, super battle droid. The one uh, with the, yeah with the big the big torso. Exactly. Yeah, the one that looks like he got no neck. And it you know and it cuts back. He's like he's. He, He's about to die from this super battle droid. And then it cuts back to him and now. So you know he was saved. Yep. Saved by what? Saved by who? What if he was saved by Yoda? Oh my, get out of here. That would explain him recognizing the species. We don't even know if he recognized it. I just He was a child during the Clone Wars. Yoda fought in the Clone Wars? Yes, he did. It's highly, entirely possible that he recognizes that and he thinks of Yoda. That kind of sets him off. You know, helps with the old uh, code brigand. Exactly. Like, that's... It's got to be significant enough to deal that much damage to himself and his coven. He knows something about that kid. Yeah. Maybe so. Pair that with the force use and it clicks. Hmm. Maybe so. I know what I'm about to say is a little different. So, um, I think I found some fan made colors and they actually have a silver and silver says seeking redemption i don't know how i don't know how accurate that is hmm. but uh that's interesting yep that's uh that's what it's saying seeking redemption and also has like yellow like the original colors are gray red black gold green blue orange but there's purple pink white brown maroon erin I'm sorry, I'm not color savvy. I don't know what color Aaron is. I, I don't know what color Aaron is either. 
Scarlet, silver, and yellow. It says the following are fan, fanon. Am I saying that right? Fanon, F A N O N. I don't know. Oh, like canon, but for fans, I fan so. canon. Maybe so. Fanon. But uh, yeah, silver says seeking redemption. I don't know how accurate that is. If it is accurate, and he is wearing just plain old silver, Beskar. What is he seeking redemption of? If 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 he is, what would he be doing? Obviously, him and that that heavy that heavy Mando has got some beef for some reason. Yeah, but you notice at the end how the how the the heavy infantry Mando is like flying through the air with the rocket pack and, and salutes, salutes yeah, him. Yeah, he's so which only reinforces the Mandalore theory. You know, because he doesn't salute him back. It's just I I don't know if he was giving him like a goodbye kind of thing, but. That right there, I was like, holy crap, you know? Why wouldn't he salute him back? I don't know. I know in the Marine Corps. Well, he's like, he's just he's just driving along, you know, all douchey about it. Oh, I got to get one of them. Yeah. I mean, I know in the Marine Corps, if, a, if someone salutes, if you're an officer and someone salutes, you're supposed to salute him back. So, I, I don't know. I, obviously... Mandalorian isn't Marine Corps, but I, I don't know why he wouldn't salute him back unless he's above that. Like he doesn't have to, you know. Like, like, yeah, like he is. If he really is Mandalore, then he doesn't have to do a damn thing, you know. He doesn't have to salute back. He's like I said, above that. It's like uh, I don't know. I was gonna say like the president. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean. The Marine Corps salutes the president, but the president doesn't have to salute him back. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's impolite, <laughs> but the president isn't nece- isn't necessarily a member of the military. Right? Yeah, and has no obligation to salute back. Exactly. But uh, so that's another thing. Oh, I gotta get one of those. Yeah. Oh, jetpacks. Absolutely. I don't know, man. Like, like it's the first time he's seeing that, and he's a Mandalore. Oh, well, I, I don't know about that because there's kind of like a like we both know Django and Boba because Boba got Django's armor, but they both had a jetpack built into theirs. There's plenty. It's of, just an accessory, right? Yeah, and it, it's not something that has to be because we saw in Episode Two when him and Obi when Django and Obi Wan were fighting and um. Obi Wan messed up Jingo's jetpack. You know he wanted to like discharge it off his back and let it go away. And then of course yeah. in the Clone Wars, the animated series, the leader of the Death Watch, whatever that douche's name with the dark saber, he had a jetpack. And so did a lot of other ones. They they had like three of them, and then Obi Wan even took one off of a, uh, I guess knocked out or dead Mandalorian, and threw it at him, and then. Uh, exploded it. I mean, I just, I'm, I don't know. Maybe he had a bunch of them in there, but maybe it's like a, a, a rare commodity at this point. That, or he just never had the need for him. And then seeing all the all his buddies come and fly up over the edge of the yeah. buildings, he's like, man, that'd really come in handy right now. <laughs> <laughs> As he's laying down in the cart, that rifle work, man. I do. That, that was pretty dope. He's brand, you know, like. Uh, the guild leader killed the droid 
the thing crashed and we're all like, oh, shit, what's going to happen now? And then you just see that one dude get vaporized. <laughs> and then another <laughs> time, and I'm like, yes. And then you could tell oh, he thought yeah. he thought all was lost. And he was looking at the child again, once again. He finds himself at a loss. Like he's he's done. Like like I got nothing. Right? He's reckless, man. We talked about this last episode. He is reckless. Oh, he's he, so reckless. He's just chilling there in that cart. He's looking down at the child. And it's it's he's just thinking to him. Like it's almost like he's saying, I'm sorry I couldn't get you out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like I'm just I apologize. And then the baby coos back at him. And all of a sudden you see that freaking that that rocket come flying out of nowhere over his head, and then all they come flying over. Boom. It's just they're all like, oh no, there's more of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at this point they only you know, old boy says early in the episode, you know, a Mandalorian is hard enough to come by. Yeah, exactly. And then they what? see 20 of them fly right up over the building. Holy shit. Oh, man. And notice how none of them got shot or killed or... or... No, no. They're, they're like Navy SEALs. Yeah, they, they literally came in there and in the middle, you know, no cover, no nothing. They just can't get shot, dude. They're just firing. I don't know. It's just literally the definition of badass race. Spartans, Vikings. They're just top-of-the-line warriors of their time. Man, I... I'm actually Episode watching it right four. now. I'm just watching it right now as we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> episode four is out now, and I'm afraid that, like, you know, we're sitting here talking about this episode, and then episode four, we'll watch it, and it's like, it's going to go in a totally opposite direction, and we're going to feel played. Don't say that. <laughs> That's a bridge that we'll cross when we get to it. I, um, I, I just. Where does it go now? I don't know. Well, he obviously can't go fulfill his puck. Um, maybe between this episode and the next episode, some time passes and he finds out where his covenant is and he goes and I don't know. I, I don't know what, what I don't know where he's gonna go. I mean, nobody knows where he's gonna go, right? Exactly. Like, where do you go? That's a good question. Where do you go when inserts a, a coven? He's gonna go to. Is he gonna go to Coruscant? Heck no. Why? It's a new republic. That doesn't mean anything. They don't like the republic. You know, they they don't like anybody. They only fight for the people that pay them the most. Like that is <laughs> I'm not saying they're mercenaries, but and they don't even like being mercenaries for the most part. They like fighting, like fighting for themselves. But if they can turn a quick dime for fighting, eh, why not? You know what I mean? I heard that. It's then that just goes like um in that first book, Hard Contact, if you read it. Um, I'm not gonna give you any specifics, but there's a Mandalorian in there that is helping the bad guys. They don't know that it's um Sith or Imperial related or whatever, but he's helping the bad guys and he actually ends up fighting the commandos and there's no remorse between any of them when that commando uh, when something happens to that commando, uh, sorry, when something happens to that Mandalorian, and uh, there's like, there's not like, man, you know, he's a good guy, or man, he was just a douchebag. He was like, 
you know, pretty much like, okay, well, you know, see you wherever you're gone when we get there. You know what I mean? This isn't, yeah. or they have another phrase now that you remind me. It's something like, this isn't goodbye. It's, uh, man, is there, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, let me find that phrase. So, uh, whenever, uh, it's a Mandalorian phrase for the departed. It's now, if I butcher this, I'm sorry, but I like pretending I can speak Mandoa. Nu kradik shi taeb eshaj la. Not gone, merely marching far away. Mere, nice. Merely marching far away. So that's, I don't know if that's what Sergeant Scarada said about that other dude, but I mean, just, there's no hard, when two men don't to get in a fight and one of them dies, there's usually no hard feelings because one, that's how they want to go out. They want to go out in a, in a battle and two, if they are fighting for something they believe then nobody can really blame them for it. You know what I mean? Right. Just like now, I mean, that was pretty, if, if, if what we're saying is true and he is Mandalore and he is providing for his quote unquote family clan by doing bounty hunting business, but he thinks that this child is more important than providing for his clan, then his clan is going to back him up because they know in his mind, that that means a lot to him and they're going to support him and his beliefs. They're like, okay, well, he's obviously doing this for a good reason, which only concretes, you know, your theory about him possibly knowing Yoda or of Yoda, especially as a child. Right. You know, it's just, ah, I need to watch episode four, man. I can't wait. I know I've been seeing these memes about this chick being on it. I think I was talking to my wife about it earlier. I think that chick is from Deadpool and that's that chick that's supposed to be that. Have you seen Deadpool? Yeah. yeah. You know that chick that does, at the end when he's like, oh, she's going to do superhero landing, she's going to do superhero landing, and she jumps off that ship and she does superhero landing. He's like, oh, she did it. I think the chick yeah. that's in there, because you can see it on the wiki page for Star Wars fandom for the Mando. Uh, I think that's her. All right. We'll see, we'll see what she does. Just a little little side note. I, I'm excited to watch the next episode with her in it. I'm sure my wife is too. She asked me if we could watch the other night. I was like, no, nah, we got to wait till we record episode three. We'll probably, <laughs> we'll probably watch it tonight or tomorrow. So we can do it. I'm probably going to put it on. I'm probably going to lay down and put it on. And then we can probably record before Friday, and then we'll be caught up. So, um, in the absence of an outro, what, uh, any last final thoughts on episode three? I mean, you you got your old fashioned Mando shooting, what well, shooting, shooting up the place, and of course, nobody getting hurt because the Mandalorian's a badass. I, I mean, there's. Just so so many cool things that we can go on all night talking about on this, but uh, all good things must come to an end. So there'll all be always be next episode to talk about. And again, folks, if you guys want to hear about something specifically, or want us to elaborate on something we've already spoken about, please feel free to post on our Facebook page. Two drunken Jawas at two drunken Jawas, and also Mike has some good news. Mike, you want to tell him? So now we're officially on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music. Um, we're on Stitcher. 
We're on iHeartRadio. We're on TuneIn Radio and Launchpad DM. Jeez, I so wherever, <laughs> wherever you get your podcast, you can get two drunk and dry ones. Please. So please, you guys go, you subscribe. You guys want to, you know, uh, like us on Facebook, whatever. But yeah, feel free to give us our feedback wherever it is possible to give us feedback on. We'll review it. We don't just, you know, throw it to the wayside. We actually look at it. If you got something that you want to talk about or elaborate on, feel free to let us know. And we'll do everything in our little Java heads to research it and find you the most accurate information we can on it. Utini.